Good evening, citizens. My name is Ban Shattersong, former captain of the Bloody Hands Mercenary Company. And I say former because I am dead. I died a while ago and, uh, well, there's not much else to do in a labyrinth apart from walk around, continue to be lost, and, and well, make podcast episodes, it would seem. So I thought it was a high time that we did an episode on death, specifically character death and you know what it's like how it affects you your role playing and your friends as well so first things first is that i am not the person to talk to about keeping your character alive uh, i've been laughing the best part of sort of 6 years now and i have had 8 characters those of you who are rocking the quick maths We'll know that that is less from one character year on average, or one character per year on average. So if you're looking for tips to stay alive, you are in the wrong place. However, death is an inevitable part of all of our characters' lives, whether it's on the battlefield, retirement, or in-game retirement as they get old and you decide to uh, play another character. And it's something we'll all have to face at some point. And hopefully we can do it on our own terms. But quite often it is a nasty surprise and it, it can be quite upsetting. Especially when you have an idea of how you should or want to die as a character. But it doesn't quite go the way you planned. So what we're going to do in today's episode is try and look at ways to, to cope with the emotional side of character death. Uh, what comes next and how to build yourself back up. Some examples as well of, of my character deaths and other deaths I've seen that have really impacted me. And then also what you can do for your friends as well when inevitably they fall and how to enrich their laughing experience as a result as well. But first, let's, uh, let's talk about a little bit of my personal uh, character history here uh, because it's exciting, I, I hope, at least I hope it's exciting, and it's also very brief. So I first started LARPing in... 2016-ish. The fog of time has made it blurry, but it's roughly that. And I started off with a basic vanilla Navari Thorn, and I actually stuck with that character for two years. And it wasn't that I stayed alive through any lack of danger. I, I, all I did was essentially turn up to Anvil, have drinks with my mates, and go onto the battlefield. But I didn't really do anything else with that character. So when he eventually died on the battlefield, there was uh, you know recognition from his from his comrades and, and my friends. I was carried back through the Sentinel Gate, laid down outside the hospital, and I croaked my last breath. I received a uh, a kiss on the forehead from my dear friend Tadpole, and it was a somber and poignant goodbye to a character who, whilst not the main character in any sense of the word, had been respected, loved, and at least appreciated by his, his comrades. And that was it. And that's what really struck me the first time I died. That was it. Anything I'd planned to do with Darren, which admittedly wasn't much, he was just a, you know, a, a physic who liked using a two-handed sword, he, didn't, he would never do anything else ever again. The impact he'd had on people's lives had been minimal. And apart from... Uh, you know, a somber campsite discussion later on in the evening that I attended as my as my new character, then there wasn't really much to it. 
And this is what drove a lot of the characters. Bleh? Characters, not characters. This is what drove a lot of the characters after Darren. And the way I, I would say, have measured the success of my character, and that's a very loaded term because success is entirely what you want it to be or what you want to do. But the way I measured my personal success was the, the stories that my character generated, for good or for ill, the impact it had on other players, and also the idea that each time I could build on a different, uh, I don't want to say legend because that sounds too grand, but to build up different stories, legends, folk tales, and at least at some point, if let's say a year after one of my characters has died, if someone references their name or actions, I would class that as a success. Uh, to quote Gladiator, it's what we do in life that echoes in eternity. And that's, I think, a good way to get over some of the emotional sides of character death. Because fundamentally, when you die, uh, at least in my experience, you've the, f the first thought that crossed my mind was, what a waste. I spent two years playing this character, and it's not that nobody cares, but it feels like nobody cares. Or I expected a bit more fanfare, a bit more sorrow, a bit more loss and public grieving when Darren passed. Now, I got, you know, I got a kiss on the forehead from Tadpole, not complaining about that, and uh, a somber goodbye from my fellows, but... Uh, it's, it's something that certainly struck me, and it's something we'll talk about a little bit later in the episode. But that was my first ever character. Darren, he died on the battlefield. I think we were fighting Jotun. He bled out, and such was his life. That was it. And I'm, I'm going to talk about five of my main characters, and those of you who are, again, good on the quick maths will notice that point 0.8 in my character profile means I've had eight characters, but there's only five I'm going to talk about. Those other three are, I would describe, filler characters. So when I've not known what I wanted to do after a character death, I've just rolled a random character with a random name and played them for the remaining part of the weekend. Um, a couple times on the Sundays, I've basically just been an NPC. I haven't even made a character. Um, I've just been generic Thorn because there's only three hours of game time left and I'm not going to go and stand in a god queue for an hour uh, just to for the sake of having apothecary when nobody needs it, for example. But the other times is you'll, let's say you die on the Saturday morning, you've got pretty much the whole weekend left at that point, apart from missing out Friday night. So you do have some time to play as a, as a certain character. And in that scenario, I would thoroughly recommend you go and reroll a character because you can get up to a lot in, well, a Saturday afternoon, evening and Sunday morning. And you will be surprised about what you get caught up in, and it might just start your next character. And quite often it will not be the character you expected, well, you expected to play. But again, we'll talk about that a little bit later as well. The next real character lasted exactly one event. Uh, he was called... Oh gosh, I can't remember. <laughs> it's terrible. I can't remember his actual name uh, because he had uh, the sort of the mathematical symbol for pi stylized as one of his uh, war paint uh, tattoos, right? And then people started calling him Pie Face, and it stuck. And I actually can't remember his. Ba I'd I'd have to look it up. I genuinely don't know. That's appalling. Wow. Anyway, um, Pie Face lasted one event, but he did more. He did more in about 18 hours than Darren did in two years, and this is why. 
Pyface started saying yes to everything. Uh, that was the... It, he was my second ever character. I didn't really know what I was going to do with him. But I thought, right, let's, let's do something compared to what happened with, uh, with Darren. So I'd actively seek things out, anything out, and say yes. This also involved going for senator and generalship, well, general positions. And it was a lot of fun. It's possibly the most fun I've had in game, apart from some major heists as Ban, for example, um, where that weekend it spiralled out of control in the most dramatic way, from landing on the field um, from the from the Friday night, and an hour later I'm stood in front of uh, 50 Thorns, trying to be the general of the Black Thorns, and I'm just making stuff up in this speech. I am... I am bowling over myself a little bit but from what people said at the end apparently it was all right it was actually half competent and they voted with their feet at this point and i got nine votes which would i think put me in third or something like that and i was absolutely astounded where i can you can show up to these kind of big hat elections and if you uh, I've, I've known a bit about the military game from playing as Darren. Um, i do a lot of public speaking in my day job so i appreciate this isn't the best example for everybody if you're yeah, like most people, terrified of public speaking. As a side note, public speaking is rated above death as the top five fears of the populace in the UK. So number one is public speaking, two is death, and three, I think, is, di is divorce and things like that and that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, public speaking is terrifying. So again, I'm not telling you that you must go and speak in front of 50 people. But if you say yes and you wing it, you'll be very surprised by how competent you are and also the impact you will have on the game. Because as I inevitably lose uh, to Clay at this point, this is when he's first elected, uh, suddenly I'm a, I'm a face, I'm a known face, and people will talk to me about skirmishes uh, when they came over and said congratulations, they noticed me on the streets of Anvil, and I started getting little jobs and little conversations and pick-me-ups. And that was all from just one yes. And that spiraled out of control to the point that I was leading a skirmish into Druze territory with a, a crack squad of 20 thorns. Now, this was meant to be a... Uh, this was rescuing Ilary Sweetwater, uh, one of the primary researchers on the Axos of the Lawn. And she'd been, I, I think, lost and or captured by the Druze on their way back to the Empire and it was our job to go and rescue her. So this had huge national importance and historical research significance because we wouldn't get it unless we rescued her. So we bundled through the gate and the Black Plateau is in play. For those of you who don't know, the Black Plateau uh, in a nutshell makes you go a bit cray cray and I believe the roleplay effect we all had on us was you are highly irritated, angry, and all of your problems seem to be solvable with violence. At this point, I walk through the gate on the other side to the angry members of my of my crack elite squad, turning around and saying, who the fuck are you? You've only been here a day. What are you doing? Why are you in charge? One of the most threatening and awesome roleplay moments of my of my LARP life, um, <laughs> trying to calm these thorns down as the 20-minute the timer is ticking away, and I have my back to the gate with some spears pointed at me. We have some brilliant role play, and we eventually crack on. Uh, long story short, the Druze absolutely whack us 
Um, everyone's deliberately going crazy because of the uh, the roleplay effect, so they're charging off after the druge into the bushes and getting cut down. Uh, the, the skies open and the rain pours down and the place turns into a quagmire within minutes. And honestly, if, if you've seen Passchendaele, it genuinely felt a little bit like a woodland Passchendaele. Um, luckily, one of our friends, Cabbage, <clears throat> he was able to rescue Aleri and got her out of the uh, out of the space. So we achieved the mission, and then the second matter was extraction. Now, during extraction, I, I <laughs> oh goodness me, we we saw some things. Uh, we took three, at least three deaths on that skirmish. I think we took a few more later as well from poisons. Uh, the two scouts that ran off into the woods died, and we never saw them again. Uh, so that's a lesson on unit cohesion. Uh, <laughs> I think it was Aaron, one of our friends of Blackscar, uh, played by a guy called Aaron. Uh, see the similarity. Uh, <laughs> the last time we saw Aaron, he was lying 20 meters behind the Druze line in a glade with the god rays coming down, sort of the, the late afternoon sun just illuminating him as he lay there in the mud, soaking through as he bled out. Closer to us, uh, between ourselves and the Druze, uh, there is Tadpole, the aforementioned Tadpole, having had both of his legs cleaved, crawling towards us on his hands and knees, begging for help, screaming as the Druze jabbed him in the legs with their knives and swords. And then, to make matters worse, Neith, uh, the captain of Blackscar, turns to Pieface and goes, this is all your fault, and strikes me down. Now, unfortunately, Pieface was a uh, was a crossbowman, and uh, <laughs> only had two hit points, one of which he had lost already. So Neves, Neves, uh, very cool roleplay, uh, yeah, knocking me on my ass and trying to take command, actually downed me as well. And then at this point, the Druze attack us from the flank. There is chaos, and somehow Tadpole and I are extracted, and a few others are as well. Uh, this is a uh, I believe the first skirmish of, or maybe, I'm not sure if it's the first of, it might be the first proper skirmish or the second event, first skirmish, um, for my dear friend Sol, who plays Baron Shattersong. Still, still alive, but this was, uh, this was just his first foray, and what a scarring experience that was for him, and I think uh, anytime you ask him about it, he'll be happy to tell you. But, we get out, and then again, because the... Well, the roleplay effect is still in tow. We get in front of the hospital and we start ripping each other apart. Uh, there are knives, blades, long swords, everything in between, flinging at each other. And as the hospital medics run over to us, immediately the elite crack squad turns on them as well. So again, only 20 seconds after escaping almost certain death, there's about 30 people on the floor, maybe, uh, at its peak who are lying there as the others run, scream, and shout their way through Anvil, killing all in their wake. There's a long, long story behind it, but that's it. Essentially, we all got cursed. Urizen was able to cure the curse for us, and uh, we were able to get, to get through it in the end. The next day on the Sunday was a battle against uh, insane Imperials, uh, driven insane by the, the Black Plateau itself. So... We fought fellow Imperials. Battle was very confusing, and Pieface dies with a friendly blade in his back. 
face down. Actually, no, face up in this case, with a, a dagger in his neck and an arrow in his chest. It's a very dramatic image on the wiki. Thoroughly encourage you to check it out, purely for my ego. But that aside, Pie Face had only lasted 18 hours in Anvil. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he was he was dead by the, uh, by the Saturday morning. But what an experience that had been. And people will talk about Pie Face. Uh, Sol, both IC and OC, will talk about that skirmish. Uh, Neve remembers it. Tadpole remembers it. And Aaron, who played Aaron, will talk about it as well. Thus, he was probably one of my most successful characters. And when he died, I died with a little smile on my face because I thought, what a ride that's been. I didn't need to, I didn't feel like I'd list, missed out any goals. I hadn't really had time to develop any. It's not like I long term wanted to be general, I just had a crack at it. But I had done so much that had that had had so much impact that his death was completely fine. And I went to the god tent with relish to make my new character. Number three, Pyface. Uh, sorry, not Pyface. Pyface was dead. Kafran, otherwise known as El Bandito. He wore oh, this, this this goddamn name. El Bandito was an amateur criminal. Uh, he wasn't a very good one. And all he did was minor, minor crimes. And there was a lot of talk, very little doing, and the rest of it was just gimmicking around, um, plotting things. He was a very fun character. I, I don't want to say Mimi, because that's that, I think that takes away from the seriousness of Empire characters. And my advice would be always play a, a serious as possible character. If you go in with a meme, memes inevitably stop being funny after an event. Then you're left with a character that you kind of have to rebuild anyway. So Kafran, I was going in as the as the baddie. That was that was the idea. And talking to some of my other friends, the idea was to cause a religious schism. Kind of like with Yale. Big long-term goal. We had no idea how we we're going to achieve that, but we had a point. And that was it. That's all uh, All I needed for that character creation. No finer, apart from the marksman skill, no finer refinement or objectives or gains or noble goals or anything like that. It was just to cause a schism and let's see what happens on the journey towards it. Uh, he lasted about a year. Uh, he died in a very dramatic fashion on the, uh, on the battlefield against the Druze in the forest. But this was not by the Druze. His death is by the hand of a fellow Imperial again. But before we get to that, a quick note on Kafran. He was a lot of the inspiration for Ban as well, because Kafran was a terrible criminal. Um, we used to just rob people for their lunch money on um, on Murder Alley. We would crouch in the bushes when it was raining. Uh, hence, we got the name Wet Bandits. I haven't, I hadn't seen Home Alone, so I had no idea Wet Bandits was a thing. I just thought people hooked to it quickly. Uh, and I never questioned why, but we became the wet bandits because we were wet and, and we were bandits. And we would uh, you know, pretty much stand and deliver people walking in you know, ones or twos along the road uh, with any kind of ambush roleplay. Don't, don't be a dick with it because some people have been jumped IRL. You go up to them and say, hey, we're about to ambush you, just FYI to roleplay. Any point if you want, or even now, raise your hand and you can just walk away. But of course, don't tell people we're here. Because that's that's metagaming. So we had a, we had a few robberies, one of which involved fifteen of us. Uh, we cornered a citizen, and they gave us the one ring they had left in their pouch. 
and then, <laughs> then we ran off. And uh, that story, again, is retold around the, uh, at least nowadays, around the Black Scar campfire, and I know probably a few others as well. It was very, very fun. Um, because we yelled, for Wintermark, as we ran off, it caused a bit of a political incident with uh, Wintermark being implicated in the in the robberies. But this is years ago, so I don't mind you know spilling the spilling the beans on it. But fundamentally, it was he was just a shit criminal. But what happened is he married uh, the <laughs> so tadpole again. He's going to come into this. Uh, I'm I'm seeing a pattern here. Tadpole uh, had an OC girlfriend at this point who also attended Anvil, and Pieface. Oh, sorry, I keep saying Pieface. El Bandito and his OC partner had a little IC wedding. It was a bit of a joke, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so Tadpole uh, essentially is you know, it's obviously fine IC. We get on the battlefield. Kafran takes uh, a block of warriors into the forest and basically gets them all killed. He's a bit of a bit incompetent and we get destroyed by, I, I think it was the March of Bill block playing as Druge as we all get stabbed to death. We bleed out, and that is the end of our characters. However, with all of these corpses strewn around, it leads me on to my, one of my broader points, which is talk to your Slayer, especially if they're the Druge, because death is not the end. You are just terminal. It means that you're not getting out of, well, you're not getting into next event alive, but you can still have an impact on the game before you croak. So, Druge. Druge love to be the baddies. They are torturers, evil, and they will happily, you know, in, in the um, flavor text during the Winds of War, string up Imperial corpses and you know, very much try to demoralize us, similar to Navar. Now, having a little chat with the monsters, uh, you, you know, it's always the, I guess you could almost call it aftercare of character death, where the monsters would go, oh, mate, you know, good fight, you're all right, do you want some, uh, do you want some water, that kind of stuff. But actually, what I would thoroughly recommend you do is you ask them to torture you on the front line. So, I said, look, you've got five or six dead characters here. Make an example out of us. As the uh, the Druze had pushed the Imperials out of the forest, they brought us to the front and started pretending to cut off ears and everything. And of course, you know, as a monster, if you're doing this, ask for consent first for you know, touching and that kind of thing. And as a player, you know, if you could ask for it, expect it, right? Um... That was so much fun because, as a character, seeing you know, 30 of my friends in a, in a shield wall, their eyes widen, their jaws drop in shock as the, the five of us are brought up to the front and just mangled. And then to make matters even better, I was, I was whispering to the monster, throw us back, let us demoralize the line. Now, don't, don't take this as an opportunity to metagame, throw back, you know, throw your body back and get another evening in Anvil, for example, uh, as you're still terminal. I wanted to use this in the spirit of the game and scare the Imperials more. So, El Bandito is thrown back towards the Imperials and they pick him up and I say, you know, I'm terminal, I'm gone, man, I'm gone. But then I start to scream, we're all going to die here. Uh, very much like the, the General and Starship Troopers when they get to Whiskey Outpost, if you've seen that. Uh, just demoralize your friends. It's over. We're not going to make it out. I'm bleeding out. Help me. The pain, the pain, the pain. And it is at this point that Senator Rizzet Dancewalker 
turns to Tadpole and says, sometimes brands have to make the most difficult of decisions. <laughs> and uh, Tadpole, uh, <laughs> with gusto, let's say, hauls <laughs> El Bandito to, the, to a tree, pulls out a great sword, a, a claymore even, and proceeds to chop off his head to shut him up. The most fantastic bit of roleplay, absolutely brilliant, 30 witnesses, and the utter shock of a field execution. Especially so on the face of a watching militia member, but that's a, that's a story for another time. But again, we talk, I mean, hell, I'm remembering it now, I'm getting a smile on my face, but also he remembers it, um, all the members of our striding do, it was dramatic, impactful, and exciting. And that, again, was a good character death. El Bandito goes. I was a little bit miffed because Kafran had been around for about a year at this point and was starting to build towards some things. But, unfortunately, off he goes. And uh, that is the end of his story. His death has a lasting consequence, not only on the members who saw it, but also on my next character, who was Van. Um... Rolling out the gate, I came out of Isle of Monster Gate. This, uh, quick new character, uh, make him an archer, so I've, because I've still got all my kit on me. Whatever, let's go. So Ban uh, comes onto the field, and as I get back to the camp, they're discussing the field execution of El Bandito, especially with the militia officers in attendance. And I, rather stupidly, dropped the line of, I'm here to collect the bounty for... Uh, well, I'm here to find El Bandito and collect the bounty for his arrest. Now, I've made this up. Um, it was just a way of integrating myself with the with the group. And the idea was for them to say, oh, you know, he's dead. And I'd say, oh, well, I guess I'm sticking around now for at least another day of Anvil. By the way, my name's Ban, blah, blah, blah. Um, unfortunately, the uh, the attending militia officers impl took this to imply that Tabal has executed his friend for a bounty, which is not the case. It led to a very spicy criminal court and um, a fine that was promptly paid, and ultimately Tapa was fine. But again, that's a huge impact on his character, and it's all stemmed from the death actions of Kafran, who wouldn't have been there if he hadn't talked to his slayer. Talk to the person who kills you, and you've got no idea what can happen and spiral out as a result. Ban lasted a year and a half, and I think we all know how he died. Uh, he died at the the blade of a um, of a militia executioner after a second failed attempt on assaulting and or assassinating, depending on who you want to listen to, um, assassinating the Grendel ambassador to Anvil, based upon his uh, his family being in Faraz and a few other factors. Ban was great and uh, is well documented, and I, and I hear that there's actually a podcast series about him. But anyway, I digress. The final character, Lindir, is not dead. He's very much alive, and boy oh boy, do I hope he stays there. Uh, he's a good guy this time. Ban was a despicable criminal, and uh, I've leaned a bit more towards the pie face aspect of things with him. Trying to say yes to lots of things, get involved, which, as, as I've said on at least half my episodes, Say yes to things, get involved, try things out at Empire, and the stories will unfold in front of you. However, that doesn't help you. 
if you haven't died yet and let's say one of those experienced characters I, I would class that as a you know a, a year plus most often three years plus how on earth do you cope with losing a character and trying to rebuild from there again um, I, I certainly felt it with I felt it in different ways with, with all of my characters apart from Pyface he was he was just golden when you, when you come back and you think wow I've achieved you know so much or I, I've nearly achieved so much how do I get back into that game and is it uh, a faux pas perhaps to go and do the exact same thing that you did last time with your character and have a second crack and hopefully a victory for it uh, the answer is no um, you must I'm not going to say aloud you must roleplay the way you would like to roleplay don't feel pressured into picking another um, archetype for example or a different play style or even a different group of friends uh, to roleplay with once your character dies um, doing the same thing again if that's what you want to do go for it um, I've, I've played exclusively thorn slash brand characters all the way through and I've had so many varied and different experiences with each one of them I've never got bored of that a few of my friends have done the same they've um, <clears throat> One of my friends, Keelan, he had a character for two years, and then he's had his second one since then, so at least another two years, if not three now. And characters are almost identical, but he's roleplaying the way he wants to roleplay. He has a great time, and he loves it. He's building up story, he's building up lore, and also, well, make, making the most of his time at LARP. It's, uh, there's, there's nothing wrong with it. And if you feel like you want to do the same thing, go for it. You do need to be aware that, let's say I was a general, I die, and I want to come back as a general, it's perhaps going to be a bit jarring, and it might be something you need to leave for a couple of events. But slap on some war paint, maybe try on a different outfit, um, different name and the like, and you could have a go again. But I would always encourage you to try and you know, think about a slight twist to your character, because you never know what's going to happen. But if you've got a list of things you wanted to do with your previous character, just port them over to your next one and, and crack on. Because you shouldn't limit yourself in the game to, uh, well, you know, if a character dies, you can still pick up their goals. Inevitably, with Empire, a lot of initiatives and strategic goals and political goals involve teamwork and lots of people. And no one's really going to notice if it's the, you know, the same player with a different outfit doing the same thing. Again, so absolutely go for it. I also would, I've also written down have faith. Sometimes your um, characters will, you know, if you've achieved a lot and you die, or you achieved a lot and you've lost a position, for example, you think, crap, fuck, what am I going to do now? Like that was my fun part of the game. It's going to be hard to get back into it. You will be surprised by what you can get involved in when you haven't got a hat or a position of responsibility. It opens up a lot of time, lots of different things to do. And you will, and I guarantee you, you will find something fun to do whilst you're circling back to that hat or that position that you want to regain as your next character. Don't give up on LARP. Um, it can, it can be, it, it can feel that severe. Uh, after, um, after Ban's death, I felt like just going home. I was like, oh, for God's sake, I really enjoyed that character. I didn't want to, didn't want to die. I just want to break. But I went back to camp, had some food, had some water changed my outfit, put on some war paint, and then you know, winged it from there. And I absolutely love Lindir, and I didn't expect to end up playing him, but he's an absolute champ.
have faith, you will find your fun, no matter how dire and dark it feels. And you will find it quickly as well. You know, I would, I don't want to guarantee this, but I would say, you know, one or two hours, you'll have something to do, guaranteed. And just ask your friends, what can I help you with? And boom, like in my other episodes, once you're involved in a plot or a mission or an objective, story just falls out of its arse and you will there, you will be there to gobble it up. And that is the most horrendous mental image. But uh, let's move swiftly, <laughs> swiftly on from there. Uh, to some other deaths that I've come, in, come into contact with. Um, I haven't got as much detail on these, it's just my point of view. Uh, the first was the snake oil salesperson that I mentioned in my business ideas episode. He had a fantastic death. Um, I think he, long story short, he got poisoned against the Druze and just let the poison kill him because um, OC, I believe he wanted to reroll a character or try something new. But he, he kept talking to his friends, saying, oh, I don't feel too well. But then getting them to kind of buck him up and say, oh, no, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. And they didn't realize that he was he was poisoned. <clears throat> and thus, the shock hit that when he finally died, his friends genuinely cried real tears. Really upsetting, really dramatic for them. And they went and placed him in the Navari corpse glades. I uh, got a few of my friends, the, the aforementioned Iron Hills, uh, to come over and, and grieve with him. And we got about 10 people for this character. And the, the feedback from that was, was fantastic. Having people at your funeral, some of them crying, people you know, offering their respects, and you know, just, just witnessing your character's final moments were absolutely brilliant. It's great role play for us as, uh, as mourners and as a player. Uh, like I said with Darren right at the start, having people there to witness and appreciate your passing. It doesn't need to be long. It just needs to be there in, to some extent. As, as dramatic, I don't want to say dramatic as possible, you know, not uh, like a wait, wailing, for example, although if you want to, go for it. But just a nice footnote at the end of someone's story. People were there to witness it and see it. You've had an impact on other people and you can go home and think, yeah, I changed their weekend. I made it cooler. Awesome. One of the snake oil salesperson's <laughs> final words was, "Give all the senators one of my rats." Uh, he had some, he had some fake rats. He was also selling, and he, his final wish was to give a rat to each senator. Um, I don't think we've had a chance to follow up on that yet. But my God, I want to, that it's a story for next time. I want to go and give a rat to a senator and say, yeah, "A brave, heroic citizen wanted you to have this," and you pull out a dead rat. <laughs> just see their face and like what what the fuck is this um absolutely brilliant awesome death 10 out of 10 um another way to cover character deaths and something we've done in black scar is we've had uh, a midnight toast or a midnight ritual if you, if you will where we we get hooded up we light a bunch of fires but keep it gloomy and dark in the corner of the forest uh, we'll light a fire and talk about the names of the fallen and the cast maybe a note or an item of their of their clothing like a little scrap or something into the flames and we'll talk about their stories and then we'll celebrate their lives have a toast and end it and as part of this process of course the the people we play with they've rolled new characters they're able to watch from the sidelines or even be involved and they get to see people saying goodbye to their characters even though we left them on the battlefield uh, for example very, very cool, and if you turn it into a bit of a ritual, you know, additional points for rule of cool. 
Same thing for the Corpse Glade. Um, oh, you'll have to forgive me, I don't know who's been responsible for setting up the Corpse Glade in Navarre, but 100% use it. Bring your dead, bring them there, gather some other people who are nearby and say goodbye to them. It's so cool, it's so thematic, it's so heavy and emotional. You'll really get the feels, you know, with the, the asterisk either sides of this. The feels. Watching someone's character pass away. Uh, if anyone remembers the death of... Oh, goodness me. Of Sparrow, that's it. Death of Sparrow. Very dramatic in the circle. National hero. Many tears were shed. Um, unfortunately, we're not all national heroes. But we can be in our own way by, again getting them in the corpse glade, get some people around and say goodbye. Really, really cool way to send somebody off. And I, I suppose my final point for the episode is uh, grieve. And I, I said at the start, what can you do to help your friends die is grieve publicly, dramatically. To maybe, maybe talk to them a little bit about it. Say, look, I want you to um, make an announcement at standing or I want you to take revenge or X, Y or Z. Something just... just just talk to them about it and say, you know, if I croak it, I want you to, you know, wield my magic, uh, my magic sword and slay an ice giant with it. And then that story and that, that deed can, well, it can become part of your roleplay and it leads you on an awesome, awesome quest. So grieve, show loss, make them feel appreciated and that character will pass into the labyrinth with a smile on their face. Even if that smile is plastered with blood. So that's it for today. Hope you enjoyed. I guess the TLDR is uh, we're all going to die one day. I oh <laughs> I see and OC, but we're not talking OC here. Uh, we're all going to die I see at some point or retire. Make it dramatic. Make it interesting. Think about what you want to do next, but at the same time, um, go with the flow and, and don't be ashamed to to do the same thing that you love purely because you think you should have new character, new life. Go for it. It's your hobby. Enjoy it. Until then, be very careful of archers and build blocks on the battlefield. They are most pokey and most dangerous. And don't marry your mate's girlfriend uh, because he will be happy to behead you when the opportunity arises. <laughs>